turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. Happy Tuesday to each one of you from Green Tree, a little rainy Green Tree. I'm here with Mike Duffy on the other side of the glass. Hello, in that other room, hello, Mike. John Hall taking another day of vacation. And, um, Mike, I'm very excited to be wishing you today yes. happy left-handers yes yes thank you thank you very much i mean happy left-handers this is a gigantic day of celebration and before we talk about left-handers day there's a lot more coming up on today's program uh 5 30 this afternoon we'll be going to the nation's capital greg clugston will be with us srn news white house correspondent we'll hear the latest about what's going on in the beltway and of course we'll be following the president as he's right here in uh, beaver county today at the shell plant so we'll be talking to greg about that we'll also be talking yes you can condo your refrigerator. What? Mm-hmm. For real? It can spark joy. <laughs> it can. We'll talk about that in the five o'clock hour. Also, uh, my guest will be Richard Mao, a renowned author, widely traveled speaker, former um, head of Fuller Theological Seminary in California. We'll be talking about why God enjoys baseball. Awesome. Except not pirate baseball, of course, because yeah, yeah, really yeah. no one can really <laughs> enjoy it. Though they did win yesterday. Um, that's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. And in just a little bit, Vince Burens, uh, president and CEO of the Coalition for Christian Outreach, will be in here. And we'll talk about how it is that you, even if it's hard, can love a college student. That's not, Okay, but let's get into happy left-handers day, yeah. Mike. Okay, so I've got some questions to ask you because I hear, as someone who's right-handed, yeah. that there are frustrations that are unique to your kind there is yes there okay are. i would like Definitely. to tell you the list um this is from readingeagle.com and i don't know anything about reading eagle Neither so these I. people might be completely off base right. they could be i want to know if it's frustrating for you mike to have dinner table elbow bumping yes that's that's a definite uh issue with uh with us left left-handers yeah yeah it's uh, i don't like it all right okay so now, now one good thing about that is is you're at the end of the table, and if you have to go to the bathroom, you don't have to say excuse me to anybody because you're at the end of the table. You okay, but the problem is, right, if you're not at the end of the table. Right. If you're in the middle. You're just bumping everybody. Um, what about school desks? Um, you know, now, when I was going to school, there was only one class where it was really, really annoying to sit in a right-handed desk, and that was my music class. For, for some reason, every every other class was... Um, it, it was uh, oh, like a straight desk was, that you yes, could just exactly. slide into. Yes, yeah, thank you. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think anybody has to worry about this because I don't even think they make those desks anymore. Okay, what about when you're when you're writing? Do you drag the palm yes, of your hand through I, your ink? Yeah, those are that that is so annoying, especially when um, especially when you get in trouble at, at at school all the time and you have to write "I will not whatever" on. Are you saying that happened to you? Yeah, a couple of times. All right, mm-hmm. because 
I get chalk over my. Okay, so you're now. not one of those people that kind of avoids that by writing uh, like from on top. I have seen several left-handers do that, where you kind of wrap your hand around. You don't yeah, do that. I haven't. I haven't mastered that technique. No. Okay. All right. No. Fine. Um, what about um, using a computer mouse? You know what? I don't think that that's an issue. I'm I'm totally okay with that. I don't know why they would have that on there. Okay. All right. I'm totally fine with it. What about um, you play a couple instruments? Yeah. But drums doesn't really count. No. Yeah. Because I, well, most guys, most drummers play cross hand. Left handers sometimes play open with with their left hand hitting the hi hat and the right hand hitting the snare. So, but I tried playing. I tried playing. I never thought of that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go back. It's called an open handed technique for drummers. Is that what? Is that how you play? That's how. That's how most. Yeah, that's how I play because I'm left-handed. But that's how most left-handers play. Yeah, right-handers. That's why they cr- uh, cross cross hands, over because the right hand is hitting the hi hat and their left is hitting the snare. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. What about sports equipment? Uh, like you play hockey? Yes. Yeah. 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 Hockey and baseball, which was really annoying being left-handed because they never had enough left-handed gloves. For baseball, and they never had enough left-handed sticks for hockey. For hockey. Yeah. Which, so that was annoying. Um, yeah. What about, is, does your watch matter? No. No. I, like yeah, the I thingies think, on the wrong side, the little winder things. It on. doesn't bother me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why they put that there. Okay. Yeah. How many people and say, oh, so you're, so you're a lefty? Do people? Oh my, you know what I get at first? They're like, oh, as they're watching me write, oh, you're left-handed. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, yeah. And then they end up saying... They end up bringing up some like distant relative or friend, like, like you oh, care. Yeah, my blah my blah 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 is 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 left-handed. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. And then they usually say, well, you, don't you know that most left-handers are uh, more talented and more artistic than right-handers? Now I don't know how. And you're I'm like sure whatever. Well, like, funny yeah, whatever. you should bring that up because I do have several pros and cons of being lefty. Yeah, you want to hear what they Let's are? Let's hear. Them. Okay, apparently uh, the pros of you being as you are is that you're adaptable. Okay. That you have a quick problem solving, which leads you to being a good leader. Hey. That you're good in athletics uh-huh. because you're able to practice against more right-handers, but there aren't very many of yes, you guys. that's true. I can see that. That's true. That you're more creative. I would, I don't know. I don't, you're creative too, Kath, but well, you're not left-handed. No, I'm not left-handed, but here, I mean, let's not get too excited about the pros because I want to hit you with the cons <laughs> because they seem extreme. All right. Uh, alcoholism. <laughs> No, wait. It's not over. Because we can go right into schizophrenia if you'd like. Oh, my gosh. How about dyslexia and ADHD? I've been left-handed all my life, and I haven't dealt with so far any of those things. What about uh, (laughs) difficult... I can't even say it. (laughs) (laughs) Difficulty in processing feelings? (laughs) Do you have difficulty processing your feelings? No, absolutely not. Okay. Um, I want you to know, by the way, going back to do people come up to you and say, oh my gosh, you're a lefty. I worked with you for like a year and a half. I never even noticed. Are you serious? I never noticed. Really? I never noticed. Listen, I didn't notice John Hall was a left-hander until like last year. That was like nine years later. Oh my gosh. I just never noticed. All right. I have some notable lefties that you're going to be glad you're in good company with. All right, cool. Albert Einstein. Hey. Kind of a big deal. that. Yeah. Julius Caesar. Okay. Neil Armstrong. Smart guy. Henry Ford. Good guy. Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc, awesome woman. Helen Keller. <laughs> what? She was yes. Left-handed. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go on to actors. I All mean, right. these aren't quite. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot Aristotle. Hey. I'm telling you. Okay, actors. Jim Carrey. Okay. Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. Okay. Robert De Niro. Yeah. 
Morgan Freeman. Yep. Judy Garland. Nice. Whoopi. Nice. Angelina Jolie. Wow. Nicole Kidman. These are just a couple. Lisa Kudrow. Marilyn Monroe. Brad Pitt. Keanu Reeves. Julia Roberts. Sylvester Stallone. Wow. How about David Bowie? Are you a Bowie fan? Not really. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Celine Dion. Are you a... <laughs> My heart will go on. Are you a Celine fan? Not really. Me neither. No. Uh, Paul McCartney. Hey. Jimi Hendrix. Fan of uh, both of them. Kurt Cobain. Not much of a fan. No. Iggy Pop. Not really. Uh, Seal. Okay. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. He could hey. be playing the open hand technique or whatever you call yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Right? That's it. Um, do, you, do you enjoy his drumming? I do. I do, too. I do. He's uh, talented. He's, he's touring right now. Did you is hear really? Did you hear what the name of his tour is? No. What is it? Not Dead Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Ringo Starr, also That's a lefty. Perfect. And a bunch of presidents. I'll just... Uh, uh, Obama, Clinton, Ford, H.W. Bush, Hoover, Truman, Reagan... Uh, Bob Dole is a lefty. John McCain is a lefty. That's a lot that? of lefties. That's some good company. I feel like you should be happy about who you are. I am. I celebrate today your adaptability, Mike. Thank you Mike. so much, Kat. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Happy. Le- it's also fil- uh, National Filet Mignon Day. I love a filet mignon. Do you? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I'll okay, well, right today, today's your day to celebrate. It's that? also Pittsburgh Restaurant Week. Eat it left-handed. So you can take your left hand, and you can go to a <laughs> Pittsburgh restaurant and celebrate National Filet Mignon Day. I'm down. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about higher education, how you can love a college student. Vince Buren's president and CEO of the CCO, Coalition for Christian Outreach, coming up next. 101.5 WORD. On the next Focus on the Family, isolation is the worst way you can respond to stress. Instead, find ways to emotionally connect with other people, especially your spouse, so you can experience the comfort and renewal you need to move forward. It's a healing message, especially for your marriage, next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS. IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-600-3010. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no no need to fear anymore, but you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-600-3010 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-600-3010 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-600-3010. When the sand gets hot, you gotta move fast like a dog chasing a frisbee. Move just as fast to the Ford Hurry Up and Save sales event. For the first time ever, you can get 20% estimated savings on select Ford vehicles. Plus, earn complimentary maintenance through Ford Pass Rewards. Don't let this hot deal on America's best-selling brand pass you by. Get into the Ford Hurry Up and Save sales event. Based on 2010 through 2018 calendar year sales, Moda must be activated within 60 days of purchase through the Ford Pass app on a smartphone and remain active for at least six months after activation. Eligible on select 2019 model year vehicles, vehicle must have arrived at dealer at least 61 days prior to the sale date. Estimated savings include an average dealer discount based on a sales survey of average discounts offered by Ford dealers nationally. Discount may vary. Dealer determines price. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock by 9319. See participating dealer for complete details. 
You've been planning this day all your life. Enjoy your wedding and leave the catering to Bistro to Go on the north side. Discover Bistro's classiest, simply delicious menu selections from butler past hors d'oeuvres to starters, main courses, and desserts. Buffet or plated service, each package contains full china, linen, staffing, complimentary cake plating, and more. Reasonably priced from intimate morning breakfast to grand evening affairs. Find menus, pricing, even venue recommendations at bistroandcompany.com. If you've already been through college, you think back on it, and you, you know, I don't know what you, maybe you're one of the people that has the nightmares that you're about to go to your final, and you realize you've never been to the class. I have that recurring dream. I don't know why that is. But maybe you're one of those people, or maybe you're a person who's, who hasn't yet been to college, and so you have all these anxieties about what it might be like, and how hard it might be, and how would I survive. Maybe you're a parent of a child who's looking toward college in the future, and you're thinking, I don't know what college is like now because I remember what college was like when I was in it, and I don't know if my kid is ready. Well, we're going to talk about those questions and a whole lot more with Vince Burens. Uh, Vince is with me, president and CEO of the Coalition for Christian Outreach. Vince, I'm always so happy when you're with me. Uh, welcome in. Thank you, Kathy. It's great to be here. So you and I were college students at about the same time, though I was ahead of you. That's not by much. Not by much. Yeah. Um, but are you one of those people that thinks, oh my gosh, I... I remember what I was like in college. Uh, quite often. And it's so funny because of my job. People come to me all the time and say, I, exactly what you just said, I don't think my son or daughter is ready to go to college. Yeah. You know, they, they only have all Bs right now and they're right. barely able to do whatever. And I think, oh my gosh, do you remember? I don't know what you were like, but I know what I was like. And your, your son or daughter sounds like they're a heck of a lot further ahead than I was. That's right. So. Okay, so you're the president of the Coalition for Christian Outreach. Yes. This is an organization that we talk about a lot on the air, but I don't want to presuppose that any of our listeners know what it is. Okay. So give us a thumbnail sketch. Well, um, the CCO, the Coalition for Christian Outreach, is a campus ministry organization that has been based in Pittsburgh since 1971 mm. um, that was part of the movement of making Pittsburgh as famous for God as it is for steel. And so part of the idea was not just the business leaders and not just the kids that were coming through Young Life and the local youth ministries, but when they go to college, which is the most formative time in many people's lives, um, what if that wasn't just a time to survive, but what if it was a time to thrive and flourish yeah. in your faith? And what if that, as that happened, you kind of understood everything to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life? So um, not just in a pietistic way, though, that that's really important, but also understanding that engineering and education and all these things that people are doing, medicine um, actually is under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Right. And he says, that's mine. And understanding that and then coming back and blessing Pittsburgh um, with that vision. And so uh, we've been living out that vision since 1971, about seven or 10 years ago. Uh, the unique, one of the dis other distinctives of our organization is that our staff all work on staff at churches. So I know the church you attend has yep. a handful of staff people, as do many of the churches in the greater Pittsburgh area. And so um, about seven or 10 years ago, we were approached by a few denominations and a few large churches from all across the country and said, the local church doesn't know how to reach college students in this organization based in Pittsburgh seems to be the only one who knows how to do it. And so over the last seven or 10 years, we've been 
um, trying to serve churches all over the country. So now we have staff in 18 states and as far as California and, um, yeah, on about 150 campuses. But, of course, the best ones are right here. Absolutely. Well, the University of Pittsburgh is the best one. clearly. As as two graduates of the University (laughs) of Pittsburgh, we would agree with that. I mean, I don't think it even needs to be said. I think it's just obvious the way it is. All right. So two Pitt alums um, graduated within about 10 years of each other. Yes. Um, We remember all the uncertainties all of the anxieties. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned the recurring dream. I have that dream. Yeah. I don't know why. You know, I've, I've actually been through a lot of therapy in my life, and it still hasn't kicked the huh. dream, though I haven't really brought up the dream in therapy. But I repeatedly am on my way to a final hmm. in my dream and realize that I've never been to the class. Yeah. So I don't know what that speaks, but that's one of the most prevalent dreams for people in America. I just saw a study on this just a couple of weeks ago. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I'm not sure what it is about the college atmosphere that engenders so much anxiety, but I know for sure that the advent of higher and higher cost has put an anxiety level on students now that didn't exist when you and I were there. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And um, that dream was actually my reality, which I'm not going to get too deep into because my <laughs> kids are listening to this who are not in college yet. And I don't want them to know all of my stories, but... Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it is true. And I think with the cost of higher education just in c- continuing to increase, there is there was always pressure when you went to college. And, yep. you know, I was just trying to remember what Pitt costs when, when I was a student yeah. there in the, the early 90s. You know, it was under $10,000 yeah, a year. Right. Um, and now talking to friends who are sending their kids to the University of Virginia and Notre Dame and, and Virginia Tech and some of these kinds of places, which are sixty, seventy, seventy-five thousand dollars $75,000 a year. That's just um, nonsensical. Yeah, I know. And, Those and are crazy so, made-up numbers. Right. And so imagine sending your student, your high school kid to a college, and then they're coming out um, owing $200,000 or $150,000 oh in debt. So it does raise the anxiety level, the pressure of not just going to be educated and find yourself. I remember that was a big thing when we were going to college. Like, right. Go and find yourself in college. Nobody like, can afford to find themselves yeah, now. No. Like, you need to be found before you mm-hmm. get to college is a lot of people's perspective um, if you're going to spend $250,000 to go there. So- yeah, I, I think it raises anxiety. We're seeing, you know, there's all kinds of studies, not just by Christian organizations, by by secular organizations that are saying this is the most depressed group of college students. Over 53% of college students report some level of depression and anxiety, the highest levels of suicide rate. And we wonder why, and it's quite obvious, as you pointed out, it's just we've amped up the energy and people are going there, and 18, 19-year-olds are going to college and saying, I don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm in a particular major. I think this is what I want to do, but what do I know? Um, And they're trying to live all of this out, and the pressure just feels too much to handle. Yeah. When I was a college student, I can't quite get my head around what would have happened to me if it wasn't for the CCO. Hmm. I mean, you know, I speak today and knowing that my understanding of work my understanding of how knowledge and science and the pursuit of excellence fits together, all of those things, in addition to just an understanding of theology and how it impacts day-to-day life, all of those things were given to me by the CCO when mm-hmm. I was between the ages of 18 and 21. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of another organization that has a gr- that has had a greater impact on me than the CCO. Mm-hmm. I know you have a similar story. I do, yeah. It was very similar for me as well. I became a Christian my senior year in high school, and so I went to college trying to figure it all out and 
was playing soccer and joined a fraternity and did all the things you do when you go to college. And I had a very significant experience with a few CCO staff members while I was at the University of Pittsburgh who really kind of mentored me both in a very practical way and obviously through Bible study and, and a variety of other ways, invited me into their lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's the reason, you know, it's the reason why I started working for the CCO is I was hoping yeah. that I could uh, make an impact in someone's life for Christ in the way that that was made in my life. And it's hard if you're not in those college years to remember or to recognize how much of an impact people can make on you yeah. in those years. It's, it's your first time away from home. You're trying to see how other people do it. Like, yeah. how do they how do they get up in the morning? Right. I mean, it sounds stupid, but that's the things that you don't. How, how do people get up in the morning? How do they manage their time? How do they look at school? How do they have a job? How do they get a job? Yeah. All those sorts of things. And when your mind is that open that's a perfect time for someone to come to you and say, hey, I'm kind of a grown-up, Yeah, and maybe I could come alongside you and help. Absolutely. And it's something that I say to people all the time, really, and this is going to sound silly, but um, my, one of my campus ministers' name was B.J. Woodworth, and B.J. used to take me, one of the our discipleship times was he needed to go grocery shopping for his family. He had a, a wife and one child at that time. They now have four. Um, and um, B.J. would take me grocery shopping with him, and we would just kind of talk, but I would watch how he would grocery shop and he would kind of talk me through why he was buying what he was buying, you know, and it, which seems kind of silly, but to your point, it was my first time out of my normative family. Unit, yeah. Right. And so here was somebody else who was doing the grocery shopping, which in my house, my mom only did it. So it's kind of interesting to see the, the husband do it and hear him talk about why they were purchasing, why they were purchasing it and what their family budget looked like and all those really practical things. But he was doing it from a Christian perspective and was able to articulate that for me. There were certain things there that were so influential for me as much as reading a J.I. Packer book with him, which is what I did later. Um, and, and to your point, I often say there are many people who come to me at churches and say, you know, I'd love to work with a college student, but I just like theologically, I don't know what to say and I'm not really sure. And what I say to him is just live life with him, yeah. invite him over for right. dinner, take him out to lunch, go grocery shopping with him, take him to a Steelers game, just live life with him because reflecting the way that you reflect your life of trying to follow Jesus, the perfections and the imperfections will actually speak so much more That's than so sitting great. down for an hour and, you know, some sort of didactic teaching. That's so great. So, Vince yeah. Burens is with me, president and CEO of the Coalition for Christian Outreach. Um, I remember the very beginning of my sophomore year at Pitt, my campus minister, Henry Knapp, yeah. saying to me, let's meet at the O. Yeah. And I said, I haven't been there. And he was like, you're a sophomore at Pitt and you've never been to the O? Seriously. And I said, no, I, I, I really haven't. Because I spent most of my freshman year just kind of being afraid of everything mm. at Pitt. You know, it's my first time away from home. It's a huge school. Sure. There was a lot that was intimidating. He was like, well, I'll meet you there. Anyway, I think back on that. Now, of course, I've been to the O 10,000 times since then. But those are just little things, little ways that someone impacts you and you laugh about it later because it seems so elementary but at the time it was a really it was a big deal yeah. it was a big deal that someone was going to say to me oh you want to do something let me do it with you yeah everything from that to what you've never applied for a job before sure let me show you how to do that yeah I mean, and then I look at college students and I think if you don't have one of those people like Henry was to me, and that's just a very small and like inconsequential example of the kinds of things I learned from him, what do you do? 
Yeah. Who are you are who are you learning that from, and where's somebody taking you? Right. Well, right now, um, one of the stats that I would share with people is that the, our our best estimates show that about two percent of college students in the United States are being reached by collegiate ministry. So one of the things that I 2%. often two percent two percent. So one of the things I often say is, so who's influencing the other ninety eight percent if it's not college ministry? Right. While they're in college. And I think that's the the point that you're making. Someone is shaping, you know, colleges, to your point, the first time that we're out of really out of the nest for most of us. Um, And it's the time that you're still malleable enough that you haven't kind of figured out everything, quote unquote. Right. So if it is the time that you're really trying to piece it all together and. Um, you don't have those influences in your life. How are you going to figure out what the next season of your life is going to look like? Well, you're going to learn from other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So who are you going to learn from? That's right. That's the question. Vince Bierens is with me, president and CEO of the Coalition for Christian Outreach. We're talking about college students, how you can be one, how you can love one, how you can care for one. We're also going to talk about Pittsburgh Restaurant Week, which is going on right now. There's lots more coming up on today's Ride Home. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. A moo moo here and a moo moo there. Here a moo, there a moo, everywhere a moo moo. Hi there, it's me, Marcia from the Springhouse, inviting you out to our real working dairy farm in 84, Pennsylvania. Not only will you enjoy watching the heifers in the field and the baby calves in the mini barnyard, but you should also come hungry for our fabulous farm fresh cooking. Step inside the Springhouse for hot roast beef sandwiches, turkey and stuffing, hickory smoked ham, stuffed cabbage rolls, real mashed potatoes, and a whole lot more. A different menu each day. The locals tell their friends that our famous chocolate milk is the official drink of the Springhouse. And be sure to save room for apple pie, ho-ho cake, Oreo cheesecake, or lots of other from-scratch goodies for dessert. Have I made you hungry yet? Let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. 
Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. Mostly cloudy and muggy this evening with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, then lingering clouds overnight, low 65. Not as humid tomorrow with clouds and some intervals of sunshine, along with a spotty thunder shower, especially south of the city, high 82. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 61. More clouds than sun for Thursday with a shower or thunderstorm, high 81 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Things get complicated. I'm telling you, if you're a parent of younger kids, there's so many demands on your time, you know, as far as figuring out when your kid's going to nap and trying to get them to go to bed at night and, you know, make sure they eat food and all of that. It's hard to think about what it's going to be like when they're older because it's every bit as challenging. It's just different. It's it's not even that it's less time. It's just a different kind of time that you're putting in. And so we're talking specifically about college students. I've got Vince Buren's in the studio with me. Vince is the president and CEO of the Coalition for Christian Outreach. And they, of course, specialize in college students. Okay, Vince. So when you're talking to um, maybe high school kids who are a junior or senior, and they're trying to figure out what college they're going to go to. Um, I have kids that age myself. And so I hear a lot of students say, hey, Mrs. Emmons, what do you think about, should I go to a Christian school or should I go to a secular school? Yeah. And I want to know what you say. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, and we're right on the precipice of this conversation You're, as well. In, in your own in family. In our own family. We have a, a daughter who's just starting 10th grade this year. Um, uh, well, I say it depends. And it does. It depends. Uh, I, I think we are quite blessed here in this region to have some amazing Christian colleges mm-hmm. that are in the area. So you've got some good options to choose from, as well as not being all that far from Gordon College and some in Wheaton and some other places like that. But I, but I do really think it depends on the kid. Yeah. You know? So so one of the questions that we – some of the questions that I'll start asking is, well, what do you – what do you love doing? So here's one of the things that um, – so I always have rules for college kids. And one of them is um, whenever – so the uh, uh, 10th and 11th grade year, people say, where are you going to go to college? That builds up a ton of stress for kids. So I say, don't ask kids where they're going to go to college. Then when they start college, people say, well, what are you going to major in? Don't ask them that. They don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll tell you, but they don't right, know. Right. Um, so one of the things that I ask them is a little less like, do you like a big school or small school? They don't know. Do you like urban? Do you like country? I think all of those things are important to think through. But I think more than anything, it's a matter of, especially for a believing kid or believing parents, is there Christian community? And can you yeah. think about building into Christian community? Just because you send someone to a Christian college does not mean they're going to build into Christian community. I know that may seem ridiculous to say out loud, but it's actually true. I've it talked is. to many kids who have gone to Christian colleges who have said, yeah, it was all around me, but it just felt lukewarm to me. Not that the school was that way, but just the group of kids that I got connected to, it worked sure. out that way. And I and I know your story is similar to mine, which is I because I went to a secular university and ended up needing to make a decision to say, this is my faith, I'm going to own it, and I'm going to live it out and be a part intentionally to be a part of this group of people, it completely shaped who I was for the rest of my life. Right. So, so I would really encourage people to think about not just, um, you know, urban, suburban, 
majors, those kind of things. Though they're all pieces of the puzzle. They're all data points. But I encourage them to think about, is there real Christian community that right. you could see your son or daughter being a part I of? I think that is the number one question. When, when uh, our older daughter was looking at schools, we said initially, you can look wherever you want. But the only place you're going, we're going to allow you to go, and we're going to pay for, yeah. is a place where there is an established Christian community. Yeah, that's right. So now that doesn't mean that you can't go to a secular school, because I went to a secular school and my husband went to a Catholic school. Yeah, um, I had great community in my secular school. He had zero community yeah. in his Catholic school. Sure. So it it it's variable. Yeah. And just because something was a great school for you as a parent doesn't mean it's still going to be a great school um, as far as community and the reverse when right. your kid gets to be that age. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's really important as I think as parents and, you know, easier said than done, right? I know as we're starting to build towards that season, it's, you really start to think, you know, have I done a good enough job raising my kid to love the Lord and really follow Jesus? And are they going to get plugged into a local yeah. church? And do, are they going to care about that? And so start gripping the wheel a little tighter and saying, okay, where do I really put them and get them there? And um, I, I would just, I always try to encourage parents to remember that Jesus loves our kids more than we could ever possibly imagine loving them and that we give them up to Jesus. You know, that's yes. part of parenting. Uh, that's part of parenting. It's part of baptism. It's part of all of those pieces, right? And we kind of say, Lord, they are yours more than they are mine. I've had a stewardship of them for a season and hope that stewardship continues. But it's now a season where they begin to walk with you, hopefully, and walk down a path, which um, we always hope goes incredibly smoothly. But we know in all of our lives that there are ups and there's downs and mm-hmm. there are bumps. And so I, I think it's an important time. It's a great moment for parents to pray, but it's also a great opportunity for kids to find that Christian community. And you can help them find that. That's not... Um, I don't. I don't think you have to feel like you're you're a helicopter parent. Right. Listen, I work at a university church, and um, we get phone calls all the time from yeah. parents who say, "Hey, my kid is Jim, and he's a junior, and he's looking for a church, um, and we live in." Seattle. Yeah. Uh, could what's your church like? We get calls like that all the time, sure. and we don't look at that. And we say, "Well, that's a crazy parent." Yeah. No, we don't do that. We say, "Well, that's a parent, the parent that cares about their kids." That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to, we, we, you know, one of the things we talk about in the CCO is having an abundance mentality. So there are times where I have parents come to me and say, Hey, I'm really sorry, but our kid ended up going to Penn state and they're involved in inner varsity. I'm sorry. Oh, and I'm like, so, Oh my God, that's right. like a huge win. That's right. amazing. That's great. And so I would say the same thing with churches. You know, we, we love seeing kids get plugged into churches. My wife and I worship in an Anglican church and we love our, our Anglican church community. But if our daughters go to college someday and they end up at a Presbyterian church or a Methodist church or a non-denominational church, like, you know, if that's the way they rebel against mom and dad, it's like, oh my gosh, I, I think, I think we can live with that, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I think you have an abundance mentality and you, you, you try to help kids plug in where they can. You got to do it. Vince Buren's with us, president and CEO of the CCO Coalition for Christian Outreach. More to come on today's Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. How often do you complain about our government? How often do you pray for our nation's leadership? Tough questions, right? Well, in 1 Timothy, Paul commands us to pray regularly for our leaders, regardless of their politics. Do you know why? Well, this week on Through the Bible, our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, gives the answer to this question and many more. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to hop aboard the Bible bus and join us. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. It's time to stand with Israel. 
Consider the lifelong impact of joining nationally syndicated media hosts Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher, along with Word FM, on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float in the Dead Sea, and take a boat out onto the water of the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever wanted to walk inside the Garden Tomb? Register today for the Stand with Israel Tour this December 2nd through 11th. Just visit our website for more details and registration information at wordfm.com slash Israel. That's W-O-R-D-F-M dot com slash Israel. Needles and shots are one of the biggest fears in dentistry. In most cases, we have been able to completely eliminate that discomfort. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford is where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. The wand is pretty magical. The way that it can deliver the anesthetic without any sort of a pinch. Most patients don't even realize that I'm giving an injection. I've had a few patients say, well, when are you going to give me the shot? And I've already done it. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Today's world craves leaders. Leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. From the creators of War Room, the Kendrick Brothers returned to the big screen August 23rd with Overcomer. Filled with a powerful mix of faith and humor and heart, Overcomer asks the important question, what do you allow to define you? Starring Alex Kendrick and Priscilla Shire, the film's rated PG. Visit OvercomerMovie.com. John 316. For God so loved the world. The whole world. Everyone. Anyone. That's a lot of people. That he gave his one and only son. His only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have life <laughs> there's more at focusonthefamily.com the rise of the nuns the N-O-N-E-S. That's a trend that John and I have watched closely and continue to track here on The Ride Home. And um, the N-O-N-E-S are those who, according to surveys, don't believe anything. So they're not affiliated with a denomination or they're not affiliated with the church. In fact, they're not even affiliated with Christianity. And the interesting thing about the nuns is that a lot of them grew up in the church and somehow between the ages of 18 and 29, they end up leaving the church. And I don't mean leaving the church like, oh, I don't go very much, but leaving the church, like yeah. not not believing in any of the tenets in Christianity, not having any relationship with the person of Jesus. Um, and so watching that and from a cultural standpoint is really interesting and important, especially when those of us who have kids are raising them in this atmosphere where we see this happening as a significant trend in America. I'm talking to Vince Burens. Vince is the president and CEO of the Coalition for Christian Outreach. And Vince, first of all, you've got kids who are like middle school, high 
high school age, but your job is to work with college students and to provide the best possible environment for them. So this is a different generation in college than we had a decade ago, and it's a way different generation than we had a couple decades ago. Yeah, very much so. Um, And and we have to figure out how how to... you know, change ourselves so that we can have those conversations that still matter. That's right. Yeah, I, I think the I, I maybe I'll start at a little bit of a different point in the sense that I think as parents, it's so important for us to swim up the cultural stream that's pulling us down. Um, so to your point with nuns, um, I know so many Christian parents and we are my, my wife and I fight this all the time. And sometimes we get pulled down the stream and sometimes mm-hmm. we fight our way back up the cultural stream. And that is it's so easy to get caught up in the movement of I've got to check all the boxes to make my kids successful. They call this generation of parents the bulldozer mm-hmm. parents. Right. You know, they have I'm going to clear the path exactly. so that my kid can be yeah. first in the class. Yeah. My kid's not going to start on the soccer team where I'm going to get the kid. I'm going to get the coach fired. I got to be. I don't think my kid got to be. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a it's a bulldozer mentality and it's very easy for all of us to start bulldozing. So how does that connect to the nuns? Well, I think it connects to the nuns in the sense that. It's, it is scary, but it is important to both remove our kids culturally and have them have the deep conversations with us that may scare us a little bit and to then release them out into the culture and let them experience and feel enough comfort to come back and go, Hey mom and dad, this is what I experienced. What do you think? And not feel like, well, I'm going to go and set that one straight. Now, there might be moments as parents where we need to do that, so don't hear that the wrong way. But I do think it is important that kids are working their way through this cultural norm, which is saying, hey, it's what, – what I find really interesting, I think, with my kids' generation and what we're seeing on college campuses is there actually really is an openness to spiritual things. There's just not an openness to Christianity. And when I mean that, I mean the sort of – the sort of presupposed understanding of what Christianity is, right, where – bigoted, gay-hating, racist, whatever kind of people, right? And so there's a belief that that's what Christianity is. But if you bring up the name of Jesus on a college campus, it's actually not, people aren't going to come at your throat. Quite often people go, I mean, honestly, college students will say, you know, I've heard about Jesus, but I don't really know much about him. Mm-hmm. It seems seems cool, seems interesting. I mean, I'm not going to go crazy with it. You know, it seems like you go a little crazy with it. I'm not going to go there. But like, I'm I'm interested in learning. So I think the advantage we actually have with the nuns, as those of us who want to talk about Jesus with them, is that they don't – they have sort of presupposed notions around Christianity, the church, Christians, but they don't really have sort of a presupposed understanding of Jesus in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great opportunity that we're not unwinding things. We're actually just exposing them to something they never touched before. Right. Okay, so – that's a good point. So what about if we go back to the parents who are raising kids who might be in elementary, junior high, high school, Yeah, and these are believing parents, and mm. they want their kids to have a, an authentic faith that they're going to take on, they're going to choose for themselves when they are 19 and they're in school. Yeah. Um, what happens when the kid comes home from their first party, mm-hmm. and there was alcohol there. There were drugs there. There were people having sex there. Um, What happens when the kid comes home and tells mom and dad that? What's a helpful response and what's an unhelpful response if you're hoping in the end to raise a kid who's going to have an authentic faith? Yeah. Well, I would would start with in the beginning that the the greatest – 
the greatest gift that you can give to your kids is to live out an authentic faith yourself, mm-hmm. right? So um, if you are living out that authentic faith and working through those issues in different ways and they're seeing snapshots of it at age-appropriate moments, um, that makes that moment – you know, I had someone say to us when, uh, when my wife and I first had kids, we said to them, how are we ever going to talk about our kids uh, – how are we ever going to talk about sex with our kids? And, and this mentor in our life said to us, well, if it's a talk, you've probably failed. Mm. Right. It yeah. should be a dialogue that's age appropriate over a season of about 10 to 12 years. Yeah. About that, a lot of different about things. About a lot of different things that gets you to a greater conversation. And so to answer your question about that, you know, the drugs and alcohol and sex and all that kind of stuff that's happening, I would say if the first time you've addressed that is in 11th grade when they go to the party, that might be a little bit of a challenge on how to work your way through that conversation. Um, I, I think so. The easy answer is what's the worst thing to say? Um, uh, it's to hard react, send them to their room, take their phone away. And you're never going to see those kids. You're again. never going to see those kids again. I'm going into your phone. I'm deleting everything. You know, you're not going to have any contact. Yeah, Go in the room, pray, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. Praying's always good though. Um, so, so I would say, I would say that's the wrong reaction. I think the right reaction is to say, you know, ask a series of questions like, well, what did you see? Well, how did it make you feel? Why? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's okay. And if they say like, well, I really wanted to take a drink. You know, I know as a parent, like, you know, that knee jerk is like, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh, tell them don't ever do right. that ever. Like maybe once you're 73, you mm-hmm. can have one glass of wine. But, but, you know, um, I think if, if we're able to have the conversation and go, okay, well, why, why'd you want to have a drink? Well, it looked like it was fun. Okay. Did it look like everybody was, what about two hours later? Did it look like everyone was having fun? No. You know, Jimmy was in the bathroom throwing up. Oh, did that look fun when Jimmy mm-hmm. would know? Oh, okay. You know, I help them process what they're experiencing because as we were, you and I were talking about earlier, if we're not helping them process the experience, their friends are helping them process the experience. And Jimmy, who was throwing up in the bathroom, doesn't want to say, well, that was the dumbest decision I've ever made. I'm never going to do that again. He's going to say, that was amazing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though it clearly wasn't. So um, it's it's our job to really help them process and just keep asking questions. Because if we've been modeling an authentic faith to them, you know, with our strengths and weaknesses and our failures and our sinfulness, but measure uh, uh, showing it to them as best we can, they're going to be able to walk their way through and say, here's what was good about this and here's what wasn't good about this. And Okay, yeah, and and you know you've you've wanted to live out a faith. You've you've said so. What what do you think faithfulness looks like in one of these moments? You know, when you're doing this, like here's I tell you, you know, Daddy went to work and was at a after work event, and people were doing these things. And here's how I tried to live out my faith in a way that wasn't judgmental, right. but but allowed me to really live out my. See, faith. I think you've hit on something important. That, boy, if I can. Th- if I can think of the top things that have impacted my family as we've gone through this, like the junior high, high school era, it's my husband or I coming home and saying, hey, we had this instance. Yeah. I, I, I had this. I ran into this situation today at work or I ran into this situation today at the grocery store or whatever. This is what happened. And I don't know if what I did was right. Yeah. Because this is what life is. Yeah. I mean, we're not living a life where we can check all the boxes and say, okay, I did a good job here and a bad job. That's not the way it is, right? There's a lot of gray and there's a lot of difficult decisions that we make, whether it's at our workplace or it's on the bus or it's dealing with our kid's teacher or our neighbor or whoever it is. I just had an instance, a difficult uh, interaction with somebody at our church. Mm. And I came home Sunday, we were eating Sunday dinner, and I said, hey, I want to tell you guys what happened because I don't know how to handle it. 
Yeah. I'm not sure what I should do. The admitting that you are vulnerable to your kids mm-hmm. doesn't take away your authority, but it allows them a window into how your faith lives in you. Yeah. I think that's so key. Yeah, it, it, it's so true. And 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 kids can smell out when you're being inauthentic, right? When you're just putting up the window. Especially saying, your own kids. Exactly. Like, you think they don't know that? Yeah. I mean, they can see what's going on in the house. So you might as well just be honest with them about it, right? And and I think that, though that feels a little scary as a parent, um, there's a greater win there because they're seeing like, okay, mom and, di- mom and dad do struggle. And I have all these anxieties and insecurities too. And it seems like mom and dad might have them as well, which we all know to be true. But when you're a kid and you look at your parents, you assume they never struggle or battle with anything. And so just being honest about it, I, I think helps them understand, okay, as a believer, um, wh- what we say as believers is actually true, which is God's grace is sufficient, right? And when we just kind of put up the wall and say, no, we're just doing all the right things, we're living like legalists, right? We're, we're living like the Pharisees, as opposed to living like people that have been washed in the blood of Jesus, mm-hmm. who understand his grace, who understand they need his grace daily. And that's what our kids need to understand. That they need. Yeah. And that when we wake up tomorrow, we're going to need the grace, that's right. just like we needed it today. That's right. And that it's a, it's a lifeline we turn to. And it's not about a bunch of rules. That's right. I mean, rules are important. It's not like we don't live under authority, but at the same time, that's not at the heart of why we believe. Yeah. Vince Behrens is with me, President and CEO of the Coalition for Christian Outreach. We really are going to talk about Pittsburgh Restaurant Week. That sounds great. It's coming up next. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now, but they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. We've just received the news that your gift to Save the Children will now be doubled. That's right. Thanks to a generous private donor, every life-saving dollar you give will double to change the lives of children. Please call Save the Children right now. Call 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at wordfm.com. Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The Word of God Audio Bible is a radio drama of the New Testament, word for word from Scripture, voiced by some of Hollywood's biggest names. Own this 22-hour audio New Testament. Log on to wordofgodaudiobible.com. And for a limited time, you can download the audio Gospel of Mark free. Visit wordofgodaudiobible.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. 
education. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop with my patients. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Timeless wisdom, encouraging proverbs, and powerful promises. At BibleStudyTools.com, we aim to provide the best free resources for knowing the Word of God and applying its powerful truths to your life. Use BibleStudyTools.com's daily Bible verse for inspiration as you start each day. Find powerful verses on more than 300 topics that relate to your life's challenges and needs. Verses to encourage your soul, lift your spirit, and strengthen your faith. Visit BibleStudyTools.com. That's BibleStudyTools.com. It's Pittsburgh Restaurant Week. And basically what that means is what are you doing cooking? Like seriously, grab you know some cash and go out and see what the city has to offer. Uh, Pittsburgh voted 2019 Food City of the Year. Um, by AF and Company, and we had the woman who's from Seattle who heads that company in our studio maybe two months ago explaining all of the varieties of food that Pittsburgh has Mm -hmm. that caused them to say, you know what, this is our food city of the year. It made me feel like I need to get out and see what my own town has to offer. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Um, but I want to ask you, Vince Behrens, President and CEO, CEO of the uh, Coalition for Christian Outreach, tell me about where you go. What do you sure. like? Sure, uh, which doesn't qualify me to be a restaurant not a, and I, You're not a restaurant critic. I'm not a restaurant critic. We're just two people who live here. That's right. Um, well, total disclosure, uh, I am. we are in the taxicab season of life with kids. Yes. So our ability to get to a lot of restaurants at this point, I'd love to Severely like limited. We're, yeah, we're just sort of, yeah, we're... Pretty much like Chick- my daughter works at Chick Fil A. Does that count for anything? Listen, new Mike. Yes, worked at Chick Fil A. Right in a happy capacity for many years. Is yes. that right? Yeah. Oh yeah. What was your What was your favorite job at Chick Fil A? Um, I did like the customer service aspect of it. Okay. The uh, I was breading in the back, and it was just too much for me. I, I don't know if I was like allergic to the breading or something. Oh, it's like an overwhelming but, experience. Yeah, it was like it was too much. It was like yeah. But, Since then, his wife has told me that she believes he's gluten intolerant. Yeah. Do you know oh, why? Yeah, yeah. Because when he eats gluten. <laughs> He gets cranky. Yeah. Oh. One too many uh, chicken tenders. Yeah. <laughs> Just took you down. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. They, they grill them now, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my daughter likes filling up the drinks in the drive-thru. That's her favorite thing. Nice. She loves it. Okay. Um, my pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my and pleasure. it is. That's right. Indeed. Um, uh, so I would say, so our go-to um, uh, date night place is Kaya down in the strip. Oh, we I love, love Kaya. Kaya. Yeah. Um, excellent fish tacos. Excellent fish tacos. They're Cuban. They're wings. Mm, I've never had wings there. Off the charts. Very good. Okay. Where is that again? That's right on Smallman Street yeah. in Smallman the Strip Street. District. Yes. Yeah, right on Smallman in the Strip District. Um, you have to really want to get there right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's and, and you really have to want to park and walk because right. there's just nowhere to park. Right. But um, still go because it's a great place. It's fantastic. And don't let that scare you away. That's right. Um, our our new favorite place that we've now been to three times in a few months, which is unheard of in our current life, is Revival in Bellevue. Why why are you making that? Is face? that place terrific? Oh my god! We just went there for the first time. Did you really? I love it. It's fantastic. It's it's in an old funeral home. Yes, uh, right on Bellevue, right on Lincoln Avenue, and um, it's no cheap thrill. So you know, it's a nice day night out. Yeah, but. Um, we went there for the first time. Someone said, we used to, we lived in Bellevue about a decade ago. And so someone said, there's this amazing restaurant in Bellevue. And we were like, well, really? Where? Really? Oh, that's the old like funeral home. That can't be right. We went, it is so cool. The food is really good. The place is beautiful. Yeah. 
it's just a really unique place all the way around. And mm-hmm. so we've now been there three times and we've really enjoyed it. Okay. I give high marks to Revival also. Yes. Let me say, this is not related to the food, but impacts your experience. The coolest ladies room I've been in. I can neither confirm nor deny mm-hmm. that. Anyway. You can ask your wife though. I will do that. Because it is awesome. All right. Okay. Revival. Um, let me give a plug for Pasha cafe and lounge which is on ivy street and shady side okay it's a little turkish place it's in an old house and if you want middle eastern food that is going to rock your world you have to find pasha it is wonderful the single best lentil soup and lentil soup you're thinking okay it's the dark brown lentil soup no 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 it's yellow yeah it's awesome wow anyway so so cheers for revival yes and cheers for pasha cafe and lounge okay so much fun to be with you vince Bierens. thanks for having me Much more to come in the second hour of The Ride Home. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. There was another shutdown of the Hong Kong International Airport by pro-democracy protesters today. What had been an awareness exercise at the Asian Transport Hub has become a campaign to shut down operations. Check-in counters were closed and travellers unable to leave. Hong Kong's leader, Carrie Lam, has accused activists of thrusting the city into a state of panic and chaos. On the Chinese mainland, state-run media has published images of convoys of military police gathering in the border city of Shenzhen. The BBC's Stephen MacDonald reporting the burst of violence also included protesters beating at least two men they suspected of being undercover agents and came on the same day Hong Kong's pro-Beijing leader warned that the demonstrators had pushed events into a path of no return, highlighting the hardening positions on both sides. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-555-88. If you owe the IRS back taxes that you can't afford to pay, don't let the IRS trick you into thinking you have no way out. Our highly accredited tax professionals will let you know what you qualify for and how much you can save. We may be able to stop all liens, garnishments, levies, and save you thousands. Call and see if you qualify for this taxpayer relief at 800-555-88. 800-555-88. That's 800-555-88. Community Tax. Who's your tax guy? Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call Select Quote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. 
That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that when something belongs to you, you'll work to make it the best it can be. That's why every OMF employee is also an owner. From the factory to the sales floor to the delivery team, being an owner means that we take pride in all that we do. Each of our employee owners has a customer-first focus to provide not only a better mattress, but a better mattress shopping experience. Visit a location near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Needles and shots are one of the biggest fears in dentistry. In most cases, we have been able to completely eliminate that discomfort. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford is where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. The wand is pretty magical. The way that it can deliver the anesthetic without any sort of a pinch. Most patients don't even realize that I'm giving an injection. I've had a few patients say, well, when are you going to give me the shot? And I've already done it. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Mostly cloudy and muggy this evening with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, then lingering clouds overnight, low 65. Not as humid tomorrow with clouds and some intervals of sunshine, along with a spotty thunder shower, especially south of the city, I-82. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 61. More clouds than sun for Thursday with a shower or thunderstorm, high 81 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. It's hour two of the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. Just finished a fun first hour with Vince Burens, the uh, president and CEO of the Coalition for Christian Outreach. So if you're just joining us and you have a kid um, who may be in you know, elementary school, junior high, maybe they're even in later high school and they're starting to think about college, check out our podcast, johnandkathyshow.com. It's posted around, I don't know, 6.15 in the evening after the show goes off the air. Um, we talked about a lot of things that are going to impact you and your kids. Um, and if you're someone who's listening to the show and you're in college or you're thinking about going to college, I think it could help you as well. Um, our website is johnandkathyshow.com. My on-air partner, John Hall, taking a day off today, but I'm here with Mike Duffy. Mike, welcome in, my friend. Greetings. Yes. So I like to keep track of the yearly, like, uh, anniversaries, you know, National Day of. We, we talked earlier in the four o'clock hour yep. about the fact that um, it is National Left-Handers Day. Yes, yes, it is. And I saluted you. If you're left-handed out there, mm-hmm. kudos to you. Happy left-handers That's day. That's a huge day. Um, but also, I saw that yesterday was the anniversary of the very first television commercial, oh, cool. which aired in 1941 on WNBT in New York. And Mike, you found this audio. Is this true? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's hear it. America runs on Boulevard time. That was it. <laughs> That's it, Mike. 
That's it. That's the very <laughs> first television commercial rich, aired in 1941. Rich and compelling. I liked it. From All right. So let's do a little comparison and contrast. All right. All right. So that's the very first television commercial. When you think about television commercials today, right? Yeah. Um, these, these are the things that come to my head. Okay. I think of uh, women who are hardly wearing clothes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yep. I think I think that that's something that comes up, you know, rel- relatively often. Definitely, um, I think about unfortunately sex sells exactly fast moving images. Yes, sometimes comedy, mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, sometimes music, yep. which is good. The number one thing, however, that popped into my head doing a comparison and contrast between that very first <laughs> television commercial ever we just heard and what we see now. How about the drug commercials? Yes. That have the five the five minutes of all all of the uh, susceptible things. Can you believe that yeah. all of the side effects? Yes, all the side effects. Possibly. Yeah. First of all, as someone who works in broadcasting, we're used to working in thirty second, fifteen second, thirty second, or sixty second bits, right? Right. right. Um, and so it's very important what you can accomplish or listen to or air in those certain amounts of time. Are those commercials, as you said, five minutes long? At least. How are yeah. they that long? I don't know. Can any, Is anyone paying attention to the totality of that commercial? Apparently not. I mean, what in the... And they are over and over yeah. and over again. I think, how did we get from the nine-second America runs on Boulevard time to, like, explaining every possible detail of a pharmaceutical? I wonder if that's how uh, Dunkin' Donuts got their key phrase, America runs on Dunkin'. Oh. Who knows? Maybe they heard the bull of a thing and they were inspired. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you have any ads that stick in your head as ads that you like or ads that you remember or something that you say, oh, if I think of a TV Definitely. ad, like what? Yes. Uh, Mr. Clean. Yeah. Why? J- the jingle. Mr. Clean. I can't even. Yeah. I got I to gotta find it and play it. But I don't know. I always think of Mr. Clean. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. I think of uh, Golden Grams. Golden Grams? Oh, those Golden Grams. Do you know oh, yeah. this? Oh, oh, those Golden Grams. No. Golden honey, just touch with Graham's golden wheat. No. <laughs> I got to find this. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think that was on Saturday mornings when I was a kid. Yeah. I think of Golden Graham's first off. I think I, that- I, I also think of all the Super Bowl commercials. And the ones that stick out the most to me are the Budweiser commercials. With the big horses? Yes. Yeah. I don't know why they just they just stick it's out. It's a good image. Yeah. I think is. they've made a good choice over the years and they've been consistent with it. Yes, exactly. I think a lot of the other ones, like the Doritos commercials for the Super Bowl, always have like a big impact at the time, except I can't remember any of them later. Yeah. yeah. I know that I think it was Snoop Dogg and Missy Elliott was, was in the last Doritos Yeah, I think commercial. you're right. Re- wow, I'm impressed um, you remember that. I, yeah, I, yeah, it's stu- it stuck somehow. So, uh, but yeah, that and the, uh, of course, the Coca-Cola bears, the polar bears. Oh, the polar Christmas bears. Time. Yeah. You know, when you go down to the Coca-Cola Museum in Atlanta, you can get your photograph taken with the polar bears. Oh, really? Bears. Yes. Which I've done. I'll maybe, have to go down there and check it out. Maybe I should post that, a little picture of me with the polar bears. Yeah. Like anyone's, everybody's out there thinking, why do we care to see a picture of you <laughs> with the Coca-Cola polar bears? Like, big deal. All right. The only Super Bowl ad that comes to my mind that sticks with me, there was an ad, I think it was one of the years that the Steelers won. So that would have been in 07 or 09. There was a commercial for hot sauce. I don't know if it was Tabasco or Frank's or what it was, but it was a mosquito who who bit somebody who had just had the hot sauce 
and the mosquito ends up ex- physically exploding after like experiencing terror. And then <laughs> it was very, very funny. And I remember thinking, wow, that is a good one. And all these years later, I mean, sadly, it's been that long since the uh, Steelers won the Super Bowl. That was 2010. Was that 2010? Yeah, the, mos- the mosquito sucks the Tabasco. Yes. Okay. It? All right. Yep. Yeah. That's a- so it wasn't a year that the Steelers were in the Super Bowl. He's eating pizza. He pour, he's pouring the Tabasco sauce on the pizza. The man knocks the Tabasco sauce over. There's the mosquito. There's a the mosquito. Yep. Mosquito is currently biting him. Flies away and explodes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Isn't that a good one? I've never seen that. I've never seen that. I just think that's so hilarious. That's good. And I only saw it that one night. Like, you'd think that that was good enough that they would have played it multiple times. That was back in 2010. Yeah. All right. How about that? Yeah. Anyway, so we're celebrating uh, television ads today. We're also celebrating Pittsburgh Restaurant Week. Yes. And that'll, that started on Sunday. It'll go all the way through Saturday. So I'll put a post up on our Facebook page and I'll tweet something out. We'd love to hear from you. Your favorite places in town. Maybe give us a uh, recommendation on a place we should try. Um, I just talked to John last night, and uh, John brought up Minio's, as he always does, because he loves, and who, I mean, I love Minio's too, but his family is fully committed to Minio's on uh, Murray Avenue in Squirrel Hill, so if you're looking for pizza, that's your place. I also want to give a plug to Rico's. Uh, I eat at Rico's every Friday for lunch and have for years. Rico's is right on McKnight Road in the North Hills. And uh, I love Dave there who runs Rico, who's still back in the kitchen. And uh, my good friend, Lisa, who's our waitress. And if you're looking for a really nice lunch, that's quiet, classy, and great fish, you're going to want to head to Rico's on McKnight Road. As the week unfolds, we'll have restaurant recommendations each and every day. I'll be quizzing Mike about his favorite restaurants coming up. And uh, as much... It's going to be a golden day. Let's eat. Oh, those golden Grahams. Oh, those golden Grahams. Crispy, crunchy Graham cereal. Family it's the long version. Oh, those golden Grahams. Oh, Here's my part. Golden, golden honey. Just a touch with Graham's golden wheat. It's a great tasting part of a complete breakfast for the whole family. <laughs> Yesterday, the anniversary of the very first television commercial. I think Golden Grams is better than that. And Tabasco, even better than Golden Grams. Coming up next, why God enjoys baseball. Dr. Richard Mao, renowned author, widely traveled speaker, former president of Fuller Theological Seminary. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. We no longer have to live under the power and the dominion of sin in our lives. We can overcome temptation. We can win over sin in this life. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter.
the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Once upon a time, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now, there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction, design and build with one company. Nello Construction, full-service construction from the ground up. Renovation, expansion, Nello Construction, the choice for churches. See the projects, begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. So I know if you're hearing that song, you think, really? These two still love baseball? I acknowledge it's a dark streak for our dear pirates. It really is. I get that. And we are, but I mean, we're finding a way to still love the, to still love the sport. And the question really, though, isn't so much about baseball. And it for sure is not about the pirates. But does God love stuff that's not done by Christians? I think that's the big thing. Mike showed me a, an article a couple of days ago about these people that set up uh, teeter-totters at the wall, at the border between the U.S. and Mexico, yeah. right? So, or seesaws, however you want to call it. And so there were Mexican kids on one side of the seesaw and American kids on the other side. And they were just, you know, wasn't that sweet? Having fun. That was so neat. I love that. Um, I was reading just a couple of days ago uh, when the president was talking about the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund. Um, first of all, I think it's an awesome thing uh, that we're doing that. We're compensating people Definitely. who were on that pile, and they went back time and time and time again uh, to look for people who had survived. And I mean, they were just absolute heroes and, of course, have suffered all sorts of medical issues since then. But you think about those people, and you saw those people doing that. I looked at videos a couple of days ago and just brought all that back. Did you ever think to yourself, now, wait, are those responders Christians? No, nobody thought that, right? They were just like, that's amazing that they are doing that. You think of all the people that ran up those steps into the World Trade Center when everybody else was running down, and you think, no, 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 those were heroes. Those were incredible people who were inspired to do incredible things. But I guess the question is, what does that mean from a Christian perspective? What does that mean about God 
what does that mean about what the Bible says, that each one of us are profoundly wicked, that before we were saved, before Jesus found us, we were, the scripture says, dead right. in our sins, dead in our sins. So if we're dead in our sins, how are we capable of doing beautiful and good things? Well, we're going to talk about that with one of our favorite guests, Dr. Richard Mao. Richard is a renowned author and a widely traveled speaker. Former professor of faith and public life at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California, where he served as president for 20 years and the author of numerous books, including Adventures in Evangelical Civility, Uncommon Decency, The Smell of Sawdust, and the newest, which is called Restless Faith, Holding Evangelical Beliefs in a World of Contested Labels. Richard, my friend, welcome in. Hey, good to hear you're you're, uh, theologizing today. Wow, that's great stuff. Yesterday we were heavy into politics, and you know, it just sucks the life out of me, Richard. I just can't stand it. So today, let's move to the realm of theology, because there are so many questions to ask, as long as we don't go into it thinking that we as humans are ever going to be able to perfectly map out the creator of the universe. All right. But, you know, it is important that when you say what you just said, we are talking about the creator of the universe. And if we go back to Genesis 1, uh, God uh, creates these things, and then it says, and he sees them, and then he says, that's good, you know. And there's God taking delight, appreciating the works of his hands. And Psalm 104 says, May the Lord rejoice in all his works. And then the question is, where are all of his works? And here's one that that, that I got thinking about a couple of years ago when I was in China. I, I saw the, these uh, ancient pots that come 2,000 years before Christ. And they're called the eggshell pottery. They're finely crafted, very delicate little vases. And they have etchings, beautiful etchings on them, 2,000 years before Jesus. No, no influence of, you know, uh, Jewish religion, God's revelation to the Jewish people. Just China, 2,000 years before Christ. And I, I ask myself, does God like that stuff? You know? And I think God looks at that wonderful artistic achievement. And God says, that's really good. You know? Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I created the world. And and you were saying, you know, even if we don't know they're Christians, I mean, here, here's a very ordinary thing. I'm at baggage claim at, at LAX at the airport, and I'm waiting. And and there's a couple there, they, uh, a family there, and they're holding up a sign, and they're obviously waiting for the husband, the father, a young couple, um, to, uh, a young a young father to come back from. And somebody mentioned Afghanistan. Mm. And he comes and he's got bandages and his arm is all, you know, in, in a sling. And he's obviously been wounded in Afghanistan. And this little three-year-old kid just runs, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Oh. And then the wife comes and the three of them are hugging. The little kid's just hanging on, just arms wrapped around his father's leg. And I want to say, I'm so moved by that, yeah. you know. Now, do I know whether they're born-again Christians? I don't know. But I think God looks at that and says, that's good. The love of a child for his father, the love of a husband and wife, service to a country. Now, do I want to talk to them about Jesus? Of course I do. 
But there are still lots of things that I think God takes delight in and God cares about. Those seesaws on the border. I mean, what a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. It yeah. really is. Yeah. <laughs> so what does that mean? That means that God takes... Okay, so the scripture doesn't make any bones about it. I mean, we're dead in our sins. It's not like yeah. we're sick in our sins or we're not feeling no. well. It's just before Jesus came and regenerated us, we had nothing to offer. So yeah. how do people who, how are people able to offer things when it says that they're dead? Well, you know, it's, they're, they're, they're spiritually dead in the sense that they are incapable of bringing themselves to life in terms of eternal life, in terms of God's saving them, but they're still created in the image of God, and they still have that created imagery, you know, that created reality, and that does not mean that everything that they do is simply rotten stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and so, you know, we have a we have a theological term for this, a, a common grace, that is, it's a, it's a grace that doesn't save, but it's the good favor of God toward human beings. Uh, apart from questions of salvation. Uh, and so, you know, we, we look at uh, ancient Israel, you know, Cyrus, this this pagan you know, emperor, but he was the Lord's anointed. Not, did that mean that God saved him? It doesn't, doesn't look like it. But he served the purposes of God for which God, uh, I think, took delight, you know, mm-hmm. that he did justice on behalf of God's people. And uh, the, the, the person who emphasized the, the, the radicality of our sinful nature, John Calvin, the great Reformation right. theologian, before he was himself a Christian, he, he studied law, and he, he learned a lot from Seneca and Cicero, some of those ancient pagan writers. And even when he began to write as a Christian in his great classic work, The Institutes, he says, uh, we have so much to learn from these people. And he said, if we refuse to learn from these ancient pagan authors, we grieve the Spirit of God. Mm. Yeah? Now, that's, that's an amazing thing for, from a guy who majored in saying we're dead in our sins. We're totally depraved. And I think that's a mystery, but it's one. And so this is why I I, I, I do the baseball thing. And I'm sorry about the Pirates. I you really should am. be, because it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the year 2000, um, the January 2000, uh, Sports Illustrated did a, a, a cover story, Does God Care About the Super Bowl? And they interviewed me for that. And, uh, you know, this guy take an interest in football games, uh, and we can say the same about baseball. But the, the reporter said, yeah, I'm going to quote Reggie White. Now, Reggie White was a big player for the Green Bay Packers, and uh, he's, he's with the Lord now, so I don't have to worry about arguing with him anymore. But <laughs> he, he, he was also a, a black Pentecostal minister, and, and the reporter said to me, what would you say to Reggie White? He said... Yeah, of course God cares about football. God loves winners, and God's hate, God hates losers. Hmm. Yeah? And I said, boy, that's not the way I would see it. But I said this, when a, when a quarterback throws a, a perfectly thrown 40-yard pass that is perfectly caught by, by an end, I think God looks at that and says, that's good. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I, I created this world, to see things like that. I agree. You know? 
Yeah. I'm with you. And, you know, Richard, and by the way, we're talking to Dr. Richard Mao, former president at Fuller Theological Seminary. We're talking about a book he wrote called He Shines in All That's Fair. I got to tell you, Richard, I've never read this book, um, but I'm going to get it this week Sim- <laughs> simply because I, I'm just such a passionate believer in this. I, I think that the humility that uh, Christians can show by recognizing God's revelation all around them um, is just something that can't be matched. I mean, if you're looking to find a point of commonality with someone who doesn't yet know Jesus, finding those points of common grace is the place that I always start. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful song. It's a piece of art. It's, you know, watching a baseball game. It's something like that. I mean, these are the way we all, all of us, whether we believe or don't believe we're living in the same beauty beautiful creation. We're made by the same God. We have so many commonalities. They should always be bringing us together toward conversation together so that we can share the fullness of what we know in Jesus. If we don't have those areas of commonality, what do we have? That's right. That's right. Exactly. And of course, that's why you go to a pirate game. You're not sitting there saying, well, I I know that that third baseman, he's going to come up next inning, and I know he's a born-again Christian, uh, and I'm just going to wait and see what he is. No, you watch each play as it comes, and you applaud for a a strikeout that's been well well pitched. You applaud for a home run, uh, you know, and uh, we we need to, we need to, and, and then we need to think, we think God, too is it cares about those things, and it's it's very simple. The, the the little kid in kindergarten who draws a picture or writes a poem uh, that there's something there that is is one of the reasons why God created the world was that there would be good poetry and there would be good art and there would be good athletics and good relationships, and uh, and you know it gets complicated. I mean. Uh, I know a Christian psychologist. Uh, she's a devoted, born-again Christian, but she counsels non-Christian couples. So this couple comes to her. They're going to get divorced, but they've agreed they would have a couple counseling sessions before they actually went through with the divorce. Uh, they're into their eighth session, and it's not gone well. And then all of a sudden, the guy starts to cry. And he says to her, I've hurt you so deeply. I'm so sorry. Can you ever forgive me? And she reaches out, takes his hand, you know, and they begin to repair their relationship. Now, she's not advertising herself as a Christian counselor, you know. Yeah. She can't get out the Bible with them at that point. But does is God pleased when when there's this moment of 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 penitence of of forgiveness, and I'm going to say, we, you know, we need Christian psychologists out there doing those things, and it is an evangelism, and we shouldn't reduce it to event, although that is so important, you know. But there are those moments, those wonderful moments in human relationships, quite apart from salvation, where we want to say that's a good thing, you know, so that when the prime minister of Egypt many decades ago now got on a plane and flew to Jerusalem after thousands of years of hostility between Egypt and Israel and hugged the prime minister of Israel, a, a, a Muslim and a Jew. I, I still think God looks down at that and says, that's good. 
you know, that's the beginning of something that that I, I love and I care about. And isn't it wonderful, Richard, to be surprised to see? To see. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, if we, I just love those moments when I'm reading a book and I turn a page and all of, and I think, oh, wait, that's the gospel. I didn't expect to see it here. That's right. You know, it's yeah. just, it's it's a wonderful treat to be delighted to see that the message of God is everywhere in creation, and it's just it's really it's just waiting for us to see it. That's Doctor Richard Mao. Richard, thank you so much, my friend. Hey, it's great to talk to you, and uh, I'm going. Glad we chatted about this today. I am too. We're going to do it again next time. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now, but they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. We've just received the news that your gift to Save the Children will now be doubled. That's right. Thanks to a generous private donor, every life-saving dollar you give will double to change the lives of children. Please call Save the Children right now. Call 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at wordfm.com. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, Hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I'm skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own, my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of my pillows premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at mypillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom-made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a -a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com.
Mostly cloudy and muggy this evening with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm, then lingering clouds overnight, low 65. Not as humid tomorrow with clouds and some intervals of sunshine, along with a spotty thunder shower, especially south of the city, high 82. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 61. More clouds than sun for Thursday with a shower or thunderstorm, high 81 degrees. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. I was just watching Mike Tomlin's comments about Daryl Drake, wide receivers coach for the Steelers, who passed away suddenly early Sunday morning, only at the age of 62. And, you know, the coach did a beautiful job talking about his friend, um, someone who was a mentor for him. And Bob Labriola also wrote a great piece in Steelers.com with Teresa Varley on the coach. And, um, yeah. I never knew Coach Drake, but reading about him, uh, what a tremendous guy. What a wonderful vocation that he chose. Coach Tomlin said that um, coaching was Daryl Drake's platform for ministry. And I love that. Um, The last two of a 37-season coaching career for Daryl Drake had been with the Steelers when Coach Mike Tomlin brought him to Pittsburgh to replace the retired Richard Mann in 2018. Um, But it truly was in, I'm reading from Bob Labriola's article here, but it truly was in the game of life where Daryl Drake starred because he was a better man than he was a coach. And there was a moment in time that Darius Hayward Bay recalled where Drake stepped up and delivered in both of those categories during the end of what was his first season with the Steelers. Last year, and you'll all remember this, even our roller coaster of a season that we had as the new guy, he was the one who brought it all together. I don't know if anyone is going to speak on this, but I am. Coach Drake is the one who held a team meeting with just us players that helped us through the dysfunction we had going on at the end of the year. For him to take a stand and be a leader as the new guy on the coaching staff, that speaks volumes about the type of person he was. Um, the article is very long, and it's just laudatory about the incredible things that Daryl Drake did. Um, it ends with, uh, this is, again, uh, the words of Teresa Varley and Bob Labriola. It says, if the value of a man's life is measured by the hearts he touched, the lives he impacted, the joy he brought, and the love and respect he earned, then Daryl Drake's life was beyond measure. Rest in peace. Steelers wide receiver coach Daryl Drake died Sunday morning at the age of 62. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, Mm -hmm. phones, Mm -hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. (laughs) Your weight is up. (laughs) You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a uh-huh. million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085.
800-585-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. When I knock on people's doors, they open up the door and they say, please don't high pressure me. I was high pressured for three, four hours last night. There's a better way to buy windows and doors, and it doesn't involve pressure. Energy Swings, Donnie Dara. I'm not here to sell you or to pressure you into anything. I'm here to help you. The first thing I do to help people is to actually listen to them, not tell them how great my company is, my product is. It's to hear what really, really makes them tick and to hear what they really, really need. That's the red carpet experience. The red carpet experience makes sure the spotlight is on you. We make sure that you are in control of the process. We are not pushing you. We are helping you because we do do this every day. But we are arming you with enough information without high pressuring you to make sure that you make the right decision for you, your family, and your home. Mention Word FM for an additional 5% off over and above any other discounts at EnergySwingWindows.com. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. Monday. It means that we talked to Greg Clugston from the White House, but I was off yesterday and Greg was kind enough to say, yes, I will join you even though it's a Tuesday. So we welcome Greg Clugston to the Airwaves SRN News White House correspondent. Hey, Greg, I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Kathy. Talk about being flexible. That's what I'm all about. I love that about you. Good golly, because, you know, things don't stop at the White House just because I took a day off, right? So, And and funny, today the president was closer to me and Mike here. Uh, he's only probably 20 minutes from where we are um, than you today. Right. Traveled to Beaver County, Pennsylvania, uh, toured a big plant there. Uh, that's under construction for manufacturing and the transfer of natural gas into these plastic pellets that are used in manufacturing. So he had a big speech this afternoon there talking about energy and manufacturing and uh, was taking credit for reviving the steel industry in this country. So he had a he had a visit to uh, Pennsylvania, obviously, as you mentioned, very close to you and also a very important state when he's looking toward 2020. You cannot, I, we lived through 2016, right? You cannot overestimate the importance of Pennsylvania in this race. And we know that because Joe Biden kicked off his presidential campaign in the state of Pennsylvania as well. That's right. And the president, even though it was an official White House event for him to, to visit uh, in his capacity as the president, uh, as he often does, he veers off into a lot of political territory in these speeches. And uh, he was doing that this afternoon, mentioning some of the 2020 Democratic uh, contenders by name and was saying, uh, you know, claiming that a lot of them just don't care about, you know, the industry that uh, he was supporting today and uh, that supports a lot of, you know, people in western Pennsylvania and eastern Ohio and the whole Appalachian region. So he was uh, he was making a real pitch, uh, you know, on that front earlier mm-hmm. today. And isn't it interesting just to, to, to look at this over the last few decades of how the parties have flipped, how for so many years the Democratic Party was the ones that represented the blue-collar worker, and now with the advent of Trump and the uh, rise of populism in America, this has really turned around. 
It is, and of course, there are some there are some interesting relationships because of that. For example, like uh, you've got a, a senator from West Virginia who's a Democrat, Joe Manchin. Um, he there are a lot of things that he supports of the Trump administration when it comes to these kinds of manufacturing and coal and all the rest. Um, but as a member of the Democratic Party, he's at odds on a lot of social and other issues as well. So um, a lot of Democrats in some of these in some of these areas where um, where steel and coal and manufacturing uh, have been strong in past decades, uh, they find themselves conflicted a little bit because, uh, as you mentioned, Gabby, sort of how the the political parties have flipped on the issue. Yeah. And isn't it going to be interesting, Greg, um, as we move forward to the next presidential election, to see how Trump decides to navigate these waters, especially these issues that are kind of murky when it comes to Democrat, Republican. I'm thinking particularly now of gun control. So it sounds like, from what I read, that the president seems to be at least willing to talk about a couple gun control issues like red flag laws and maybe the beefing up of background checks. Now, that could get garner him some more of that middle vote that as of now is undecided. Right. It's interesting because there has been all kinds of an analysis during the two and a half years he's been in office that he hasn't really expanded his base. Uh, but doing something on gun control or restrictions in that in that area, whether it's background checks or red flags or, or a combination, um, there is the possibility, as you say, that 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 middle ground could be tapped into in terms of voters who are more moderate or independent thinking um, in terms of their voting patterns. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because, you know, the president in past shootings like a year ago and several months ago, he had mentioned as well, like after the Parkland shooting um, in Florida, he talked about pushing for background checks much as he is right now. Of course, nothing came of it last time, and so it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to push hard after these recent shootings, um, you know, a little over a week ago. And just earlier today, the president was talking with reporters as he was traveling there to Pennsylvania uh, that he and the top Republican in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, um, both want to get something done. That's what the president said. They both want to see something done on background checks. So he's He's laying down that marker, and we'll have to see if the Republicans can deliver on that. So the NRA reportedly warning the president that supporting universal background checks is going to hurt him politically. Of course, they're not in favor of red flag laws either. From their perspective, Greg, what's the problem with universal background checks? From the NRA's yeah. perspective? Mm -hmm. Well, they just see it as a slippery slope, um, and there may be other more specific reasons why, but they, they don't want to see, you know— um, gun rights infringed in any way because they're afraid that if you move even just one step in that direction that'll open up the floodgates and the president in his comments late last week when he was talking about this before leaving for some vacation time of his own of which he's interrupting with trips like today in pennsylvania um, he said look he, you can you can be in favor of enhanced background checks or having a background check system in place and have that be compatible with uh, views of of strong gun rights and the Second Amendment, which the president said he is. He says there's no bigger fan or supporter of the Second Amendment than than he is. And so he's uh, obviously obviously when he says that is is going after you know not going after but trying to um, reinforce the idea to the NRA and other 
um, gun rights um, activists that he still supports their rights to own guns, even if he does support background checks. Well, I mean, it's it's dicey territory for any politician who's talking about this, but the president is the obviously the, the leader of the country. And when you're watching these types of massacres happen, uh, I, for one, as a citizen, appreciate the fact that it looks like he's trying to negotiate some move forward that's going to make some kind of difference. He, like the rest of us, I think, understand that um, it's a heavy lift because of the power of the NRA, the gun lobby, um, to make um, sweeping changes to gun laws in this country. But if there are some incremental steps that are viewed, viewed by the majority of the country as common sense and that still retain the Second Amendment freedoms, which the president argues that these background checks would do, um, that would seem like to be potentially a win-win for someone like President Trump as well as the country in terms of having, um, you know, the ability to, um, you know, put something in place that, you know, ultimately could save lives with obviously that being the big goal. Right. And the question, of course, being if he picks up votes in the middle, those undecided, maybe 40 percent, 30 percent in the middle who haven't gone Republican or Democrat yet are still kind of thinking, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do or how I'm going to vote in the next presidential election. Does he lose people from his base if he pushes too far for, let's say, red flag laws? Well, that's certainly a political calculation. And probably he would lose some support uh, just because there are some people that are, you know, whether they're one-issue voters or they just feel so strongly about the gun issue um, that nothing else matters, c- certainly he may and could lose some support there. Uh, but if, if he continues as he did last week by saying, look, I still support the Second Amendment and your rights as gun owners, um, but also support these other measures for the safety of the American people, if he can make a case that way, he could certainly limit the damage of losing some while potentially gaining the support of more moderate and middle uh, voters. And, of course, we hope that him, um, all of the lawmakers in D.C., including uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, the number one priority is how we're going to save lives, right, how we're going to make some dent in this chaos that we see all around us. Right, because after every one of these mass shootings, it seems as if everybody says, no matter which political party they belong to, when is this going to end? Now, that doesn't mean that passing background checks is going to stop the mass shootings, but hopefully it will stem the violence. Right, okay. Greg Clugston's with us, uh, SRN News White House correspondent. We're talking about the latest from our uh, nation's capital. All right, so let's talk about new immigration welfare rules. Uh, Greg, I didn't know that this was kind of in the hopper. And so when I read about it this morning, I thought, okay, so from Trump's perspective, um, it's a way to promote, I would say, like a self-sufficiency, um, uh, emphasizing personal responsibility for legal immigrants. That's exactly how the administration is describing this move. What the Trump administration is emphasizing is that immigrants coming to the U.S. ideally will be uh, people of self-responsibility and self-sufficiency and will not be a drain on public resources, Mm. such as Medicaid, housing vouchers, food stamps. Um, Of course, the rub with that is that a lot of people coming to this country, those are some of the basic needs that they are seeking. And so the administration is wanting to enforce the idea that there would be a calculation as to whether or not immigrants coming in or non-citizens who are already here um, should receive these um, services. And if they continue to receive these services, 
whether or not they should uh, continue to receive them. And so that might mean in some cases that current um, individuals who are green card holders might lose that status if they are, you know, tapping into these public resources uh, too much. And so that's how the administration announced it yesterday, um, and obviously trying to couch it in positive terms, although it certainly is uh, a way to restrict legal immigration in this country. Sure. So talk about the political ramifications of this for the president. How was it received? Well, much along um, party and political lines, you've got not just Democrats, many of whom um, were unhappy about this, but a certain number of advocacy groups, those who work with, um, you know, in the, in the area of poverty and assisting with uh, immigration services in this country, they feel like it would be um, too complicated a calculation or formula to devise um, for immigration officers to say, okay, if you are using food stamps and housing vouchers, uh, therefore, then you, you're disqualified from being a green card holder in this country, even if you're holding down a job with your green card status. And so they feel like it would really complicate the, the measures and that it would really be seen as a, having a, a, a chilling effect on people um, for either seeking green card status or coming to this country in the first place. So um, it's a mixed bag, and there are certainly others and supporters of the, of the Trump administration and the president who, who believe that that kind of public assistance uh, is designed for American citizens, not those uh, who are coming into this country and don't have citizenship yet. Right. Well, Greg, you know, I traveled in Europe over the summer at the beginning, um, kind of near the middle of June, I would say. And one thing I, I heard when I was over there is every country has debates like this. Every country has debates about what it's going to look like for people who are trying to get in and what it's going to look like. I mean, you know, I was in Germany and I heard people arguing about these same issues from a German perspective and in Holland. And that I mean, yeah, America is the biggest country um, as far as the one who's having the loudest debate right now. But the, but this is just the kind of stuff that countries have to determine on their own. Right. It's not a uniquely American problem. And you look at any number of countries in Europe and elsewhere in the world where they, they're dealing with refugee problems. And um, if there is a conflict in a neighboring country or region, then you see an influx of people flooding the border. And so there are all kinds of these, you know, not just logistical problems like we're seeing on the southern border right now with Mexico in terms of housing and, and, and keeping people that are under consideration for entry in, into this country, uh, but all of these other issues of how to pay for services and, and what kinds of services should be allowed and required. Yeah. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Just a couple minutes left, Greg. Um, Mitch McConnell made it clear that he's not going to bring the Senate back from recess to vote on any gun control laws at this point. Um, and that's because, of course, everybody's out. Right. And so you've got the, the August recess. This happens every year, no matter who the president is, no matter who the leaders of Congress, you've got uh, a five or four or five week recess and Congress is not in session. And so the House and the Senate are gone. There was some thinking and even some applied pressure from some lawmakers to have the Republicans, at least on, in the Senate side, come back in the middle of, of the recess following the mass shootings a week ago. Uh, but that's why McConnell he made the statement that he did. He said, "Look, um, you know, obviously the shootings were tragic. Um, we're considering, you know, moving forward on uh, background checks, and we'll do that in September when everybody gets back." Uh, the concern from those who wanted to see action 
happen faster is that it could be more on the back burner by then because it will have been five or six weeks removed from the actual event. Mm-hmm. All right, Greg. Well, always good to talk to you. We value your input and your insider knowledge, and we're grateful for you being with us on a Tuesday. Okay. You bet, Kathy. Have a great week. That's Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Christian Faith Publishing helps thousands of authors just like you publish their books with a company dedicated to strong Christian values. To help you get started, we want to send you our free author submission kit. Christian Faith Publishing reviews every book submitted to us. And if your book is approved, we'll edit, design, print, and distribute your book online and in bookstores everywhere. Imagine seeing your book in specialty Christian bookstores, Amazon, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, and many others. It could happen, and it all starts with one call to Christian Faith Publishing at 800-566-1012 for your free author submission kit. If you have a novel, children's book, poetry, biography, or any inspirational work you've written, we can help you get it published today. Shouldn't you work with a publisher who shares your Christian values of integrity and honesty? You can get your book published. So call for your free author submission kit right now. Call 800-566-1012. That's 800-566-1012. 800-566-1012. This is what flow from progressive sounds like in one of our commercials. You may have seen one there on TV occasionally. And speaking of motorcycle insurance rates, did you know that our basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year? And speaking of speaking of insurance, I just love... And this is how that same commercial sounds on your motorcycle. Yep, everything's better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Providence Presbyterian Church. Washington Alliance Church. Bethlehem Lutheran Church. St. John the Baptist Church. Impact Christian Church. The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Get your truly free credit scores and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. The return on my investment has been beyond my imagination. I always wanted to be a great dentist, but what I wasn't prepared for is the relationships that I'm able to develop with my patients. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Hong Kong seems to be heading to a... uh Tiananmen Square-like situation. There are tens of thousands of protesters. Uh, They've shut the airport down. If you've been following the story, you know that it started um, with angst against a bill introduced back in February, which allowed the citizens uh, of Hong Kong to be extradited by the Chinese government. Um, The bill was suspended, but since then, citizens have been demanding more political and democratic reforms. Hong Kong's autonomy from China runs out in 2045, and so the future of Hong Kong's in jeopardy. And um, they are longing for freedom. And I heard something today that I thought was amazing. Oh, 
That's the voice of a young protester in Hong Kong singing our national anthem. And I hope you hearing that uh, sung by this young man gives you pause, as it did for me. I traveled to Europe earlier this summer, and the number one thing that surprised me was that talking to young people, America is still the beacon of freedom for the world. And you hear so much negativity in the media, how America's hated around the world. And I'm sure that that's the case with many people in many places. But the people I talked to, I never saw it. I didn't see it at all. And I don't hear it in the song of that young Chinese man. I mean, we have here a gift in America, and it's freedom. And we've misused it time and again, and we haven't extended it to everyone always. But it's our calling as Americans, even if we failed it. As Langston Hughes, the poet, wrote, Let America be America again, a land that has never been yet and yet must be, the land where every man is free. That dream for freedom, you know, is alive. It's alive in Hong Kong today. And as I hear that man, I want to ask you to join with me and pray for those protesters and to honor them. Let's nurture freedom well here at home. And each of you. Have a great night, Pittsburgh. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.